because I didn't check a box. I'm really sorry. It's my fault. Tell me. It's hashtag fine. no one. Hashtag cares. <laughs> oh, wow. No, I'm just oh, saying. Wow. Well, no, Thanks. like they do, but they don't. Like they do, but they're going to think no one's going to be like, oh, that is it. Yeah, I the feel Checkpoint like, podcast. I feel like if I'm you think that that is what will deter people, <laughs> the fact that it was a bit late uploading, if you think that is what will drive people away, let me what show you a list I compiled listening back to the last one of the, the other reasons people might turn Oh, away. really? I would love to hear them. Well, well, now you've called my bluff. So, <laughs> well, now I'm going to have to raise it by saying that you have never bought me flowers. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, welcome to another Checkpoint module with me, Tamar Asfahani. And, and me, not. And you, not. Uh, yeah, um, it's 22, I think. What? Something like that? Yeah, we're on 22, 23. Wow. We're coming up for our six-month anniversary. I know, right? I know, I'm quite excited. And I think that we should address some of the things that we said that we were going to right from the very beginning, like making our own game. <laughs> Oh, dude, that's, um, that's not going to happen. It is, it is going to happen. We've had loads of suggestions. Have you seen these? No. We've had open open Twitter. Open Twitter. We've had lots of suggestions for Are you bad serious? sport games. Yeah, I'm surprised you haven't seen these. I Tell thought, me them. Okay, so um, uh, there's that buzzing again. That's just in your ear, mate. Sorry about it. But you've got some duff cans there. That's an industry term. It means oh. tins. Um, so we should have... <laughs> let me find them because these are retweets. <laughs> Pablo's Vault of Horror, by the way. He's on just, fire He's right just hilarious. So hot right um, now. So yeah. where are we? Where are we? Where are we? We've got uh, World of Bad... This is from Pablo's Vault of Horror. World of Bad Sport Wrestling. <laughs> for short that's good Wobser. uh skip to the four minute mark for some excruciatingly awful tv involving joe swash and weather presenter and a semi-naked man which i think would be bizarre okay quite funny yeah um so there's that i can't see because is that was that where we went because i li- honestly th- th- this podcast falls out of my brain the second we finish recording i know right. it's like it's just it's like i've just powered down without saving <laughs> like w- did we talk about bad sports? Was that an idea that we came yeah, yeah, up with? Yeah, 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 right. yeah. So we decided... The bloodbath hurdles. Blood and the bath yes, hurdles yeah, 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 yeah. and the discus. And the idea was to try to... And then okay. the swimming, the bad swimming. Sure. So it's the bad sport label. Yeah, that was yeah, what yeah. we were pushing. Pat Cecil, or Cecil, or Cecil, Cecil. Cecil, has said, bad sports. What about a sim of that insane downhill cheese rolling race? Which I think is genius. Oh, that's a great idea. And welly rag... I can't pronounce that. Welly what? Where you have a shooting gallery type of thing where you fling wellies well, wangling? Going, yeah well it's not wangling. how we spelling rag rag of rag of rag of r-a-g-f-n-e i think it's a typo really ragfney ragfney willie ragfney no well, probably not uh where you have a shooting gallery type of thing where you fling wellies instead of guns or anything you may you maybe could have a bonus level where feet sink sickening I think that means sticking up and you have to chuck the welly to land it on for a ton of points, which I think is genius. So it's basically yeah. the reverse of whack-a-mole. It's the hoop thing with the wellies, yeah, right? Yeah. So you throw the hoop, the circus games, which yeah, is great. Yeah, it's quite in boots. Yeah. 
I like uh, it. So there's some good ones there. Um, I can't find any more. I'm really not good on the Twitters. I feel like there needs to be more blood. I, I think I, so. I'm saying the jeopardy needs to be high. It's a video game after all. We can really raise the stakes here. Yep. Yes, we can. And we can make it as gruesome as Could we it, like. Should it maybe? Oh, here's a fun idea. Go on. Like, let's make it look like um, what my mind's eye sees when I say the word Farmville, which is a cute sort of doe-eyed animals, you know what I mean, with really yeah. big, cute eyes. Like Sonic the Hedgehog type animals. So that when you see the yeah. sort of splash page, the cover page, you think, oh, it's going to be, so it's called like, well, you can't call it Animal Olympics because that was a thing. That was yes, a cartoon it was. in the 70s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it was really good. It was really good. Or I was very young. And It was very good. But but something like that, we call it like the cute Olympics, and there's this beautiful little montage, collage of all these cute animals, a piggy with big eyes and stuff, and then you stop playing the sports and it's a bloodbath. <laughs> and then someone, like, so, you know, it's... Uh, I so don't know, why like don't we call it Farmyard Olympics? Farmyard, yeah. You probably can't call it even Olympics, can you? Because the Olympic Committee will be down on you like a ton of... Well, no, an Olymp- the Olympic Committee is for the 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 Global Olympics, but the Olympics existed since oh, ancient no, Greek times. I think times. Cause, like the rings are copyrighted. We're There's not also- putting the rings. Have I told you my funny story about the Olympics? No, please. <laughs> I'm waiting. Here we go. So, years and years and years and years ago, mm-hmm. over twenty five years ago, okay, I was a teenager. Amazing. Were you? Over 25 years ago. Okay. I mean, like 40 years. Right. Past 25 <laughs> years ago. And, uh... He's not that old. And guys. the idea... Like, Manchester had done the Olympics the, a really long... Oh, no, they the bid for the Olympics. They bid for the... Manchester com- bid for the Olympics, and they'd failed. Uh, this was long before London was a, a, a gleam in anyone's eye. Right. The yeah, idea of London they, hosting the Olympics. Did they host, because they hosted the Commonwealth and then they pitched for the I, Olympics. No, I suspect they pitched for the Olympics and then hosted the Commonwealth as a sort of runner-up. Uh-huh, I don't the know. the Commonwealth was like 2000-ish? We are talking early, early 90s. Fine, okay. All right. So no one had the idea of London 2012. No, that was just before not, the Northern Powerhouse. It was monarchy. like Barcelona was yeah. as far as you were going to get, I right, think, right, in right, terms okay. of... Not even that. Anyway, the in point terms being, of a beautiful horizon. The point being, no one, like, no one in their right mind would seriously put London forward for the Olympics because how laughable, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, me and my dad... My dad and I, yeah. Me and my dad had this idea to bid <laughs> for the Olympics on behalf of Catford in South East London. <laughs> We put together Catford 2004. Oh, my word. Uh, and we put together a bid and we sort of, we, we pulled a few, we, we, pitched, we, we pitched it on uh, the old Radio 5 before it was 5 Live. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they liked it. And Dickie Davis agreed to be our patron. No way. And I mocked up this headed notepaper oh, and we... Wrote to the International Olympic Committee <laughs> saying, um, we're pitching for to bid to host the Olympics in 2004 in Catford. It's a suburb of South East London. Um, we're a bit new to the game, not going to lie to you. Have you got any pamphlets on how to put together an Do you have any literature bid? on how to put a bid together? So they said, um, they wrote back. No way. And said, no. Of course we haven't got any- <laughs> 
Um, and they said, furthermore, Catford wouldn't qualify as, as it's, it's not a city. And it has to be a city. Okay. Catford is a district within the borough of Lewisham. So he wrote to the Queen and said, <laughs> would you, you city? grant city status <laughs> to Catford? And we didn't hear much back. We wrote to, was it Tony Banks, the Minister for Sport at the time? Oh, and know. said, um, would, you, would you endorse, you know, you could pull some strings. Would you ever go? And he, was, he sort of entered into the spirit. He said, I'm afraid I can't do that, but I do wish you every success because it sounds highly entertaining. It's brilliant. Anyway, I wrote the official theme tune, the, the, the Olympic anthem so for that, the Catford 2004. But you beat. know that the Vangelis track is the official Olympic tune. Well, I'm telling you that mine was, some would say, derivative. <laughs> I would say inspired by... And very much taking the torch on. Our slogan was, let's take a torch to Catford. Wow. Which reflects the sentiments of most of the residents, right? <laughs> it's gentrified So now, we right? did the song, and maybe we'll play the song. I would it. love that. Okay. Uh, it, well, no one ever heard it. It went out on old, the old Radio 5. So, so no one ever heard it. you still got it then? Somewhere, yeah. On oh, mate, well, we'll have, to, yeah, we'll have to find that, definitely. And just the idea of taking a flame to Catford just uh, bemuses me. Uh, I, I can't... I think it's on... No. Not that one. <laughs> Rummaging through got, all old media. M old media types. Here we go. Yeah. It's in here somewhere. Anyway. Anyway, we'll find it and we'll 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 attach it. Yeah, well, yeah. We've we've been very lucky. We've we've been able to get the help of Ricky Lung, who is a mega mega in Cat well in West Catford he's mega. And uh, he and the All Stars have put this together for us. We have also been lucky. He has agreed to be artistic director to the Catford two thousand and four Olympic bid. And I think this possibly will what will tip it in our favour ultimately. Um, Since you were last on the programme, has this been a, a sort of great groundswell of, of public support for the campaign? It's echoed, echoed round um, Catford. The the feeling is getting very, very high. There's a lot of work to be done, a lot of money to be done. I didn't realise until we started this, how it costs quite a bit of money 1. to save 1.5 billion, probably, if you're thinking... I can, I can see that. It's 10p a copy at the library for the photocopier, and if these compulsory purchase orders are going to go out, that'll set us back a bit to start with. In the queues at Sainsbury's in Catford, they are singing nothing except this. Catford 2004, throwing down the Olympic gauntlet. It seems that in Athens, or if the International Olympic Committee... I think it's in France. ...was probably... I don't know. I don't even know how we found that information out. There was no internet. Well... Not really. No, no, no really. there wasn't. No, 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 there wasn't. It wasn't I'm talking 19, like 1991. Yeah, 95 is when the internet became prolific here in this, in this country. And so, it was only a year before. Yeah, go on. Somehow we, we did all this research. Anyway, uh... We thought no more of it, but it seems that someone doing work experience in in Athens or whatever the international name, they just mindlessly entered our contact info into some database, oh, um, 
And suddenly... So you're on a mailing list all of a sudden? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So suddenly I got an invitation from Arab Associates, the notable, very high-end architects... Yeah, yeah, yeah. ...and designers of Stadia, inviting me to a special launch at the Institute of Design in London uh, where they were looking at uh, they were were doing a a sort of a showcase of their products that they could build for really big venues like you know stadium stadiums and arenas and wearing my best Mr. Bywright formal jacket that was the colour of a beetroot stain and with a handmade badge saying cat for 2004 cat and lyrics I went cat on fire I went <laughs> amazing insane and, and what happened what was I even thinking I was I so think nervous you shouldn't turn down offers like that I mean if you're on the mailing I list know. and they've invited you then you have every right to be there but you know what it, it, I could do it now because at 45 there's a degree of well yeah you're calling my bluff I'm calling your bluff yeah, yeah, come yeah. on let's yeah, yeah. all just but at a teenager but I was a boy yeah at a teenager you're kind of thinking uh, are these people actually taking me seriously <laughs> yeah like uh, because uh, uh, do they know that I, it's a joke but, uh, yeah how much trouble am I in you know because to me a free glass of corporate hospitality wine as a an 18 year old 19 year old that's a big deal yeah of course you feel like, is. well that's like a fiver yeah, I've only yeah. got a fiver for the rest yeah, of the week yeah, yeah, yeah. how will I get home yeah and so I was nervously dr- knocking back this corporate wine because I, I was very nervous. And there's all these little models of stadiums and stuff. And um, I, I get introduced. This guy comes up to me and says, this sort of he's silver-haired, looked like sort of Mr. Tumnus. Uh, he came up and said, oh, Richard, Richard. And I said, uh, uh, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not rich. Yes, are you not Richard? No, I'm Jack. No, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm Jake. Uh, yeah, but it's, oh, 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 where are you from? And he sort of squinted at my badge and I was like, um, I'm from Cat for 2004, putting together an Olympic bed. <laughs> and he was like, oh, well, you must meet Wendy. Uh, and he sort of grabbed my wrist and dragged me over to meet Wendy Arup. Oh, wow. Of Arab Associates. No way. And, I, and she's like, hello. And I'm like, hello. <laughs> I'm sorry. And uh, she, she sort of said, oh, you should talk to her. Look, these are the two chief architects of the Manchester Arena bid for, for the Olympic bid. You should talk to them. And these guys look at it. And they're, like, they've smelled it a they mile They know off. Exactly They have smelled it a on. mile off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they say, um, well, so what's your vision then for Catford? And I say, well, we've already got the dog track. And we were thinking we could, you know, expand on that site. That's really upset. Uh, and I said, but that, that would mean having a, a, a railway line going underneath the stadium. I mean, I don't know if you guys are up to that kind of change. He's like, yeah, that's possible. That's very doable, actually. I was like, okay, cool. Uh, and I mean, the ven- just to put it in perspective, just to interrupt, the, the venue for the Olympics, if it was going to be held in Catford, mm. just to put this in perspective, the venue would be the size of Catford. Yeah, well, the dog track's quite big. I mean, I don't know if you've been down there, but there's, there's two or no, three hundred I mean, people. There's two or three hundred people there on a Friday. So then the guy said to me, so what do you think Catford's got that Manchester didn't have? Because they'd lost the big. yeah, yeah. yeah. And I said, I think it's the people. And then I ran away. <laughs> I literally ran like the wind. 
I was so frightened of what I'd done. That was that is hilarious. I think <laughs> I think you should have pushed it even more. You should have just because we the thing is, if to. you got Wendy our, our pass on on site, Arab. yeah, yeah. Arab, so I'm thinking our pass. I'm thinking of the Association for Remote Pilots. <laughs> um, uh, sorry, back to my flyboy days. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, um, yeah. If if you had her on board. Those yeah. architects work for her. So, oh, yeah. So well, th- that was the thing was that they couldn't, they could smell it, but they couldn't really call it because I might boss. be a lunatic. Yeah. Eccentric. But I might be a lunatic with a dad who's got 100 million quid yeah, exactly. who will still buy in a, a stadium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's the point when you get into that world yeah. of eccentricity. Yeah. It, 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 you can't, mm. you can't figure out who is who and what yeah. is and, and what they come from and where they come from. And, and you, you know, You've made these contacts. Yeah. Well, they were yeah. like, so what's your role? Yeah. I was like, well, I'm the son of the chairman. And they're like, oh, right, okay, cool, right, right, cool, right. Yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. You can see them thinking, this, this is probably not, but what, this if, is not it kosher, is? what if it is? But you what if they give us answers? You have to treat you. So when I bought my car, I think I told you this, um, I bought my car new and I went into the garage and I, was, I, I looked like I do now. He looks like a plasterer's radio. I do, I do like it really do. Hadn't shaved. Um, mm. I look a mess. Holes mm. in my jeans and. Did you have all? Is that paint? That is. That's from. Thank God. That's. <laughs> that's from the house. But I went in and I looked a scruffy mess. Mm. And I went in because I couldn't figure out the, the website. So. That's were, very difficult. There were, the there were elements on the car that I wanted to add to it that I couldn't figure. Yeah. It was it was taking stuff off and adding Wings. stuff to things. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Laser cannon. <laughs> Sharks. Yeah. Um, so when I went in, I uh, I, I, I said to the guy, uh, I, I, and he took one look at me, and he was dealing with another customer that was buying a very, very small car. Right. Um, a very cheap version of the small car. Yeah. And he took one look at me and said, uh, sit down there and just fill out the details for the thing on the, on the website. I said, yeah, but that's the reason why I've, I've come here because I, I've tried to do it on the website and it, and it doesn't work because there are certain elements and I need somebody to talk me through this. Otherwise I need to sit down with somebody, just order the car as I want it, you know, yeah. with the extras, the wings and the, <laughs> the, wings and the sharks yeah. and the laser beams. Um, and, he he just looked at me and he laughed. Wow. He literally laughed, turned around and carried on talking to the older couple that were there going, all right, well, this car, is, this yeah, is the yeah. one that you want. And I was sitting there going, I'm going to be spending three times as much on a car yeah. as these people. And you have no idea. So I tried it. I went down to the London dealership and I, I actually, I was put off that brand of car. I actually very right. nearly went to another brand because of the way that I was treated yeah. in this garage. You probably shouldn't say what the brand is. What's the brand? It's BMW. Right. And <laughs> and I went down to uh, Chiswick, which is where my mum lives um, yeah. uh, in Ealing. So I went down to BMW Chiswick and I went in there and I looked the exact same. And I just thought, I want to see if this is a, a company-wide sure. attitude. And I went in there. A guy came up to me, a guy called Bruno. Really lovely. If you ever need to buy a car. Oh, Bruno. I mean, he's a legend. He's a legend. Oh, Bruno. Bruno. He's a superstar. Um, He took one look at me. He was like, what what are you after, sir? And I said, I want this. And I was looking for this. Come sit down. 
do you want a cup of coffee? Yeah. And it was just completely different. And well, it's like that. I ended up I ended up buying the car there and then. I put the deposit down and did everything. Th- I, I didn't mm. even, because I knew what I wanted. Well, I think the first car was worried you were going to be putting a deposit down, but not not a money one. And I complained to BMW, I actually sent I've been back a couple of times to the BMW and Milton Keynes. They're not very good. When it, they're a lot better than they used to be now, but uh, he... He doesn't work there anymore. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. And his three children got malnutrition. But my point yeah. is, is that don't judge somebody. And that's the same Well, it's like the you. old thing, isn't it, of uh, uh, Hollywood A-lister or homeless person. Yeah, exactly. You, you never know. You never know. And treat everybody. I mean, we should be treating everybody with respect anyway. Oh, respect is the most important thing, I so think. Important. So important. Uh, apart from really good underwear. But the point is, is that we well, need hashtag- to get... We need to get a name for this so that, that I think these f- these farmyard animals and these Oh, well done for coming back to the point. I had absolutely no idea what it was. Anymore. So I think the point is is that we, we need to come up with a decent thing. I think the farmyard, I think I think it's sounding like this is going to turn into a a multi kind of game release. So you've got the farmyard. Yeah, Olympics, oh yeah, it's a franchise. It's a franchise. A- you've got the farmyard release, you've got the traditional, you know, games release where you've got the hurdles and discus and the swimming. Yeah. But why not have, you know, pig discus? And, you know, when the pig lets go of it and it flies and it's really great, but all of his sort of brethren are standing at the 50-yard mark and they all get beheaded by the discus. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Something like that. Yeah. Well, we could we could write that. I think actually, in the next couple of weeks, when when we've settled in, maybe wh- what we'll do is the thing is it's really hard for me, Tamir. Why? Because um, so much of me wants to say this will never happen. You're an idiot, but then you made Chico time happen, and so now I have to believe. <laughs> you must. Uh, so listen, what I was going to say was give us until October, dear listeners, because up until then, Jake and I are actually really quite busy over the next few weeks. I'm in Edinburgh. I'm really not. I'm not. Oh, Jake, I'm buying you some time here, bud. Um, I've got nothing. <laughs> but I'll, I'll be I'll be in Edinburgh for August, so all of August, pretty much. Yeah. Oh, um, I'll come down for the podcast. Though we'll 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 do the podcast. No, um, no, I will because I've got to come down for other stuff. So we'll do that. But the point <laughs> is, is that come come October, we'll have launched the new Checkpoint magazine. September right. is the... I thought that was thing. like a November thing. Carry on. No. Come October. I don't know. Okay, go on. So I'll be down anyway, and uh, so we can do that, but come October, once the magazine's been released and we've got a couple of them out the way, mm. then we can... Uh, what I'll, what I'm, I've actually downloaded uh, the Unity engine. I think it's Unity or Unreal or something. And we, we can... And I think we should aim... I don't. I don't know if we should aim. For, and by the way, I've got an iOS developer account. So once we've created this game, we can put it straight up on the Apple Store for submission. Brilliant. So it can go. It can go through that. Um, yeah. But I also think we should put it to Nintendo for Switch. Yeah. I mean, how hard can uh, it be developing these games it's, that have? It's like we've spoken before. Coders. We don't. No, no, no. But it's banks not. of workstations. No, we're not making a AAA title, story-driven first-person shooter that with the most amazing graphics. And even if we were, the technology is there now. Mm. And it's like I was saying to you that there are there there add-ons. You just add stuff onto the yeah. to the main engine. Sure. And so you can have physics. You can have any of that kind of stuff. It's really easy to make. The the yeah. point the the problem isn't so much about making the game. No. It's going through the submissions process oh. because you have to pass submissions on yeah, all yeah. the platforms. Okay, so we'll we'll aim for October. Let's so in do the it. meantime, those long autumnal nights. Those those long autumnal nights. The two of us working late into the night. We'll together. stream it. 
Let's stream it. That's a great idea. <laughs> he says with... <laughs> oh, it's a great idea. We'll stream our brainstorming sessions. And, yeah. Um, and actually, there's some exciting stuff that we're going to be doing with the podcast as well, which... Yes, which can't we'll... talk about it because I've no idea what it is, but... <laughs> <laughs> but there is some cool stuff oh yeah guys some cool, cool <laughs> stuff guys it's when we're going to be doing the filming live so we're going to stream the oh, podcast yeah. and then we'll put the podcast up later cool, yeah, we spoke yeah. about this last week yeah but I wasn't really listening no you never do I, was, I had a sandwich okay. So, okay so there's some cool stuff happening we in can't the tell you about we, it it's but it's very secret. exciting yeah uh, okay shall we should we talk on? games <laughs> finally <laughs> we're you know 22 minutes in so I I have I have a question, which is Excuse I me. want to get a a Windows computer. Windows computer from 1993. Brilliant! I would like to get a Windows laptop computer. Okay. I would like to harness the power of the latest technology in my hand and play Minecraft. Why do you sound it. like Matt Berry? Matt Berry. He lives in Bedford. I know he does, yeah. Yeah, saw yeah. him on the platform once. Yeah, I was like, "Oh, it's Matt Berry." He's a very rude man, though, from what I from what I understand. Oh, don't don't bad mouth idiots um, like him. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, very funny. I love I love his work. Anyway, what should I look for in a Windows computer? Because I haven't bought one in well over a decade. Why do you want a Windows computer? So that I can play Minecraft. Why do you want to play Minecraft on a Windows computer when you've got Minecraft on the Switch, you've got Minecraft on the Xbox, you've got Minecraft on your phone, you've got Minecraft World coming to AR. Why do you want a computer? Have you gone crazy with your Bitcoin? Is this... Is this no, is this? no. I, okay, I had a wobble today and I <laughs> bought a Brompton. Uh, I, I... Because... That's the only way, as far as I know, mm-hmm. you can like do the whole accessing servers thing and uh, logging on to certain things. Because there's this whole world of educational Minecraft now. Oh, okay. And if you want to join all of that, you have to have, I believe, the PC edition on a Windows computer. So why don't... Do you have an old Mac, don't you? No, not... No. Okay. Because I was going to say you could put Boot Camp on your Mac... And download it. Oh, you're out of your mind. Well, it just saves you buying a computer. Okay, so if you want, is it a laptop or a, or a tower that you're the looking for? Planet can take it. I think a laptop because I need to be able to do it with my little boy. Okay, and that means being a bit mobile. I think. So I think probably. I mean, I haven't looked at. I don't. I'm not a big PC man, but I think. But thanks for uh, thanks for accepting my reason. Well, I mean, it's a valid reason, I, and I don't know enough about Minecraft to to, to right. argue the point of whether or not you can get onto the service through the Xbox or the, or Switch. Or, I believe you have to have the PC edition. Yeah, to do it makes some things. it makes some sense. To be fair, it does make some sense um, that that that's the case uh, because generally speaking, on consoles you are region locked um, yes. to servers. Suddenly, um, you understand why Microsoft bought Minecraft. Well, there are many reasons. I think there are many reasons why Minecraft yeah, was bought by, by uh, Microsoft. I wouldn't. Is, is, there would be no other reason why I would entertain the idea of purchasing a Windows computer. Well, I would suggest if you're going to purchase a Windows computer, then you need to be looking. If you're looking at a laptop, get yourself. Uh, uh, it doesn't have to be high-end gaming because I no, cause because it's not it's a high-end Minecraft. game. No, but there's a lot of stuff working in the background. So you want something that's strong enough. You would probably need an i7 processor. 
Really? Um, you, you most PCs or laptops now come with solid state drives, which is really yes. what you want yes. because you don't want that writing speed. Um, and you need a decent graphics card. I think everything else after that is and and a good amount of RAM. So go for sixteen meg of RAM, a gig of RAM. Okay. Um, that's what I would suggest. But I am no expert. I mean, PCs yeah. are not something that I've I've done in a long time. So if any of you are listening, oh, yeah. um, and you have suggestions, oh wow, yeah, then please forward them. If you're PC builders and experts, maybe you can build a a, a, a spec a specific bespoke spec a bespoke spec PC for or laptop for Jake. No, no one builds laptops apart from Chinese. You can ref- you can refurb you can refurb a good a good you can get an old MSI or or an old good gaming laptop um and interesting idea and then just kind of up the up the ram and the the, because to my own an environmental level i'm struggling what to buy a laptop or just it just you know it's just more stuff isn't it it's a lot of water it's a lot of cadmium those little kiddies it is it's a lot of buckets of mud the buckets of mud it's a lot of getting the cadmium little four-year-olds they are yeah (laughs) they are i try not to think about it but every time i blink i see the little four-year-old there in the mud with the bucket getting the cadmium for Um. the mobile phones (laughs) we are on the edge um yeah one of the things i will say um is if you do go for an older if you go for an older laptop yes it might be more economical to upgrade that with a solid state drive than it yeah. would be to buy a new one because they've now got solid state sticks that go in laptops so i was trying to upgrade aisha's um macbook pro it's a 2000 and i think it's a 15 or 16 model um and they have started swapping out solid-state drives, you know, those really thin ones that yes. you slide in and out, with effectively what looks like a memory stick. Right. And they're super expensive. So I would look for an older model and upgrade the graphics cards, because you can get a decent graphics card, you can get RAM for yeah. cheap, and you can get a nice solid-state drive for... You can get a two-terabyte solid-state drive now for, well, you know, 120 quid. Rather than buy one of these sticks that you have to plug in, and and I think like a five hundred gig stick is worth like three hundred quid or something ridiculous like that. Good lord! So that would be my advice. Thank you. But other than that, you're an idiot, and you shouldn't be doing it. Yeah, Yeah, no, I understand. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Thanks. Uh, Final thing from from myself Mm. is uh, that there's. A, a Wizards Unite. Now, was it a flop or was it a pick-up So, Wizards Unite, this is the augmented reality game that's like Pokemon Go but made for Harry Potter by Warner Brothers Studios, right? Yes. Uh, I only saw an advert for it. I haven't really played it. And it's... Uh, I, I I mean, let me start off by saying I thought that Wizards Unite was like an offshoot of the Professional Care Workers Union. <laughs> And there was like a sort of strike thing where you'd, you'd pick it Hogwarts or something. I don't know. Yeah, and the sorting hat puts you. To yeah, in fact, isn't there a strike? Cemetery. There is a strike or something in one of the Harry Potters or something. Oh, the house elves. I don't know. Carry I on. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I, I I I love Harry Potter, but I also I also don't love it. I think it's. Very clever how J.K. Rowling stole loads of ideas from loads of different authors and put them all into Harry Potter. Cold. Um, that's very cold. It is cold. and uh, But that's not to say that it, it wasn't an incredible book and it was a great read and the story was good. And 
I feel like you might need to defend that a little bit. How so? Well... Anybody that's read Lord of the Rings... (laughs) Okay. ...can see where a lot of this... And and, and, and Terry Pratchett and all of that kind of stuff can see where... where I mean, the worst witch was... Yeah. Yeah. But... Anyway. Quidditch. I mean... I would love to be on whatever she was on when Quidditch came to her head because I I can't figure out what it is. Well, my problem with Quidditch is that what's the point? Why are you chasing the blunder or whatever it's called? Yeah, the All you want is the golden is. snitch because yeah, like, that's going to win the game. It doesn't exactly. matter how many blood, blood bludgeons yeah. or whatever it, it is yeah. that you get. It's almost like giving less able people a chance to shine when actually it should just be a duel. Right. Well, it's like saying, okay, um, there's there's a football match, and uh, you know, one goal equals one. Yeah. Uh, but there's a golden golf ball yeah. planted under the turf somewhere that's worth if eight thousand yeah. goals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you what are you going to spend your time yeah. doing? Trying yeah. to score a goal or digging yeah. up the turf? Yeah, exactly. Uh, no, I agree with you. And you can't. <laughs> the point is with the snitches that you can't score as many bludgeons or whatever it is ever to catch up with what the no, snitches. No, it's eight thousand. It's like jousting, yeah. right? And you've got two people facing each other, but instead we put millions of horses on the track with you and. No, it's nothing yeah. like that. Well, it's we'll work it out. We'll work guys. it out. We'll but work anyway, it. Very the point the point is hashtag hashtag. What's the point? Um, the 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 idea with this is I haven't tried. I haven't played. I wasn't big enough. I mean, Harry Potter was after my time anyway, so I didn't really. I got into it because I used to read it to my little brother and my cousins and stuff. But um, as a, as a as a as a game, it's not something that I've really invested in. Or, Have you lost your sense of wonder? No, I just think this is a format now that, like the look. the idea is that this is going to be the sort of next Pokemon Go, and the right? Po- yeah, and the point is is that Pokemon Go did really well on launch, but it's kind of completely fallen off radar, and and it was a huge investment. And Pokemon used uh, Pokemon Go used an already existing infrastructure of a game. I, I think it was Nantech or something was the developer. I can't remember who it I've was. I've got to say oh, what dismays me about pokemon go mm. is that uh all of these pokemon hunters have destroyed so many natural habitats of uh, all these absolutely. pokemon yeah. monsters yes um it's disgusting we have no respect for the natural people just pokemon trample world. the pokemon's uh habitats looking for them now. I, I, it is such a shame because um because those pokemon were happy until mm. they were digitized when will they free the Pokemon? Do I not catch know. them all. Got to free them all. Got to free, free the Pokemon. all the Pokemon. This is a job for Sonic the Hedgehog. Very much so. I mean, Sonic needs to just come and bounce on all of these instead of those TV screens. He needs to bounce on. He's got these mobile phones that he needs to ca- that he needs to bounce on. Do you feel that Sonic the Hedgehog was eerily prescient about the captive animals I in th- Pokemon? I think he was. I think he was. But no, the I don't. So think the the idea is in the first four days. Mm. Uh, Wizards Unite made £870,000. Uh, Is that it? Pokemon, in their opening 96 hours, made £22 million. Yeah. So they have not done quite as well. Uh, it's, it's, it's the whole kind of freemium thing. It's not just the freemium thing. I'll tell you what it is. Tell me, mate. Pokemon, the whole basis of that kind of franchise not game the whole pokemon thing is about going out 
and finding Pokemon. Yeah. That's the whole premise of it. Yeah. To be a Pokemon trainer, you go out, you find your Pokemon, you catch them, you train them, and you get them better and bigger and better. That's the whole premise of it. That's why it works. And it's got a huge following. The Pokemon following is huge. There is no... With the Harry Potter element, yeah. there's no kind of... You have to think about how can we make this augmented reality and what can we make take from the book yeah. or take from the literature and use that, whatever that specific thing is. Now, it was a one battles and stuff that then you can put into AR and it's rinse and repeat. The whole premise of Pokemon is very different to that. Instead of taking one element of the story, you're taking the whole element and you're taking the whole journey as a Pokemon trainer. You're going along with the journey. You're finding these Pokemon. You're trading these Pokemon. You're raising Slavery. them. Training. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, that's the animal. But that's, that's the yeah, deal for animals the, anyway, yeah, isn't it? Absolutely. Fine, I mean, we're fine. stewards and that's, that's how we deal with yeah, them. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so there we go. So, but with, with my, that's the point that I'm trying to get at is, is that with the wizardry thing, there's no real, there's no clear direction as to what that augmented reality element will entail. It could very well have been you running around London looking for a snitch. Well, the idea is you're, you're running around finding magical items or defeating Death Eaters or catching magical creatures, depending and on what role you choose for yourself. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's tedious, right? It's tedious. <laughs> Unlike... Magic Star Castle Deluxe Dice Rolly game. Well, hey, is listen, that the board game? Board, yeah, Board Kings um, uh, is brilliant. Mm. Although I have noticed a couple of my friends that started playing it aren't playing it anymore. Mm. So uh, uh, people, their their chief objection is is it's been they feel quite aggressively monetized this game. Um, some people are describing it as robbery. Look, you have to have a license for. Yeah. For this. So it's going to cost a lot of money to get that license. Totally. Um, and they will need to recoup that money in some way or another. And and this is what I found. This, so this is what I found with the Checkpoint magazine, the actual physical, the, the, the digital magazine. We put a nominal cost of £1.99 or $1.99, depending on where you are, through your app store to buy the previous... Um, run so the th the previous wow. issues of, of, of checkpoint they, they're going to be free from September so don't worry but I'm loath to pay one ninety nine for it sure because you because that market is so free now yeah that that freemium model has taken over so when you do have a good product and even if it is the price of a chocolate bar hmm. And you're going to get, you know, we we've spoken about this loads of times before. For the price of a chocolate bar, you can buy, you can unlock a game and have thousands of levels that will keep you entertained for months. Oh. But people's mindset doesn't work like that. It, the people, and I don't think people understand the amount of effort that goes into the back end of creating, not just creating the game, but then getting the license right and having those conversations with the license holder and making sure that you are true to the original script that you're not taking the brand away from what it should be etc 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 it's very it's very complicated yes well we'll have to see what happens and uh, if you've had any experience of uh, shouting expelliarmus and waving your phone and, and stuff uh, let us know what you think of it i'd love to know um maybe i should actually download it and have a go that might be an interesting be thing in terms of content for this actual podcast um can i talk to you about a cosplayer <laughs> Sure. Do you want me to stop the recording? No, 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 no. Oh, okay. um, apparently there was a cosplayer um, somewhere in the States. It was in Santa Cruz, I think, taking pictures on the beach. Yeah. She had a massive rifle. Um, oh, dear. And the police came and arrested her. 
Yeah, well, uh, quite carrying right. Carrying an enormous fake firearm. Which, but of course, happened to Rick Mail, didn't it? He was in a Did play he? and uh, he had a I prop gun that. and uh, he thought, oh, wouldn't it be funny if I walked down Oxford Street waving this gun about? Oh, my God. Just not in a threatening way, just kind no, of like... Just in a Rick Mail oh, kind of way. <laughs> oh, I'm hungry. Oh, fancy a sandwich. Yeah. Um, and, of course, he was instantly arrested. My God. But what I find funny about this is that the um, the police spotted this woman with the rifle at the beach, but it's obviously a cosplay rifle. Right, is so, it like blue and looks like it's well, made no. Of- I mean, it, it, you can see it there. I mean, it does look a little bit like a sniper rifle. No, but- I, I, I at, at a glimpse, if I was a cop, I would be, I would be setting my little red dot on on on, on the forehead. On the forehead of the girl who's hardly wearing anything, just to be clear, um, because it's she's it's cosplay, cosplay. so it's it's um, several belts. It's <laughs> several belts covering certain parts of the body. Um, and then there was another story that I thought was really lovely. I posted on Twitter, actually. Yeah. Um, it's a story about uh, a boy, a teenage boy. Hang on. I think I've, I've heard about this, and this is a good story. Yeah, this is a lovely story. So basically, um, there was we've spoken about uh, Elite Dangerous before. You remember the game that I was talking about, Space, where they simulate space, and they send that stuff back to NASA, and Elite Dangerous is, is one of those games that, that do that. Um, British game, Frontier uh, who are based in Cambridge, are run by David Braben, who's the who's the guy behind the elite apples. Campus. Yeah. Um, yes. Um, there was a. There's been a. There, there was a, a child who, uh, or a teenager who, was suffering very, very, very badly from um, some disease. I'm not really sure which what it, what it was. It's not been made very clear. But the articles in the in the Guardian, and I'll, I'll link it in the thing. He was 15 years old and he died in May. Um, but his coping mechanism to deal with it. He was a little bit, I think from what I understand, he was a little bit autistic and he, and he was, you know, he was, he'd been sick for a very long time. So he'd been in this enclosed kind of protected space. Um, and basically a few days he died, well, he died on the 22nd of May of this year. Um, uh, but on the 14th of May, his, his uncle went into his room, um, and he'd been kind of, uh, keeping an eye on him, taking shifts with his dad and his mum and, and, and making sure he's all right. And he realised that his his one of the coping mechanisms of Michael, the, this, his child, was playing Elite Dangerous. And and it was helping him get through the illness and, and get through it and, and revitalising him. And, and, and um, he put out a tweet to the community, to the Elite Dangerous community, just saying, look, didn't give too much information. My, my nephew's quite sick. Um, he would quite like to achieve some stuff within the game before the illness really takes its toll on him. Um, and incredibly, I mean, not incredibly for Frontier because they're an incredible uh, developer and publisher now as well. They're the guys behind Planet uh, uh, Tycoon. The, the, they're behind lots of stuff, so they've, they've done lots of stuff recently. Uh, Zoo Tycoon is what I was trying to get, and Planet Coaster is the other one. Sorry, I'm waffling because it's quite an emotional thing and I, we need to kind of put this in perspective. So on the 14th of May, his uncle put out this tweet and um, the community, the elite dangerous community, responded in such an incredible way that... So elite dangerous is based in, a, in the Milky Way, which is a one-to-one scale. So you can imagine the vastness of this Blimey. thing. So... There, so there were these little challenges that he wanted to achieve 
you know, that he wanted to get. And in order to do that, he needed certain materials and certain things to tweak his aircraft or his spacecraft. And he needed to go on certain missions. And sometimes you'd go you'd intercepted. So the community all came together and they started creating a roster, a roster for him to start going off and doing these things. So much so that they found a planet um, in the Milky Way and they called it Michael's Rest after after Michael. So in the game. Uh, he went and did it. So the, the community just banded together. And, and if that wasn't an incredible enough story that they were taking him on and going off, the day before, I have to, I, I'm going to read this actually because I think it's it's probably written a lot better than I can put it. And uh, and I think this is um, this is this is the thing that really got me. Um, you know, the the fact that that. He he wanted to visit Frontier Studios in Cambridge, and he, he didn't get the chance because his doctor advised advised against him. So, so I'm gonna I'm gonna read I'm gonna read from here on. Um, on Saturday morning, three days after Paige, who is from Frontier Studios, um, and Sally's visit, Frontier Zach uh, and one of the most vocal and entertaining viewers in Michael's Twitch streams because they used to stream his thing, uh, made a ludicrously ambitious suggestion. What if we could organize enough people to create a short story set in the world of Elite, where Michael was the hero, something he could listen to and enjoy when he had difficulties with his vision. His face was bloating, so he wasn't able to open his eyes, so it became very difficult for him to to play the game. Um, In fact, impossible for him to play the game, but he really wanted to be involved in in the world. At first, his uncle declined Zach's offer, feeling that it would take more time than Michael had. But then Michael recovered enough to start making a hilariously overblown list of requests for his elite account. <laughs> he was now pushing for a Tony Stark-style tower on a moon orbiting the planet named after him. That Sunday, Drew Wager wrote a brilliant 7,000-word script in a single day. Good Lord. By Monday, Zach had constructed three professional voice actors to record the story, Richard Reed, Jay Britton and Amelia Tyler, who drove six hours in a day to get to the studio and back. On Tuesday, audio engineer Joe Hogan put it all together, and by that evening, Zach and Paige were back at the hospital playing Michael an exceptional piece of bespoke elite audio fiction, preceded by a personal message from David Braben. Listening to it with Michael was an epic but sweet experience. There were nods to how he had faced his medical challenges, and the more obvious references made him beam with pride and happiness. The next day was Wednesday, the day that Michael died. Oh, man. Um... Yeah, Uh, but it's just incredible how with all the negative press that the gaming community gets and uh, all of the kind of the the, the kind of negative connotations of gaming that people don't realize how important these gaming communities are um, for anybody. I mean, we spoke our first ever podcast was about how gaming got us through some really hard times, mm. you know, loneliness and mm. depression and stuff. And I think it's important for us to remember that it doesn't matter what you do, there's always going to be a community that's going to protect you. And and gaming is no different. Mm. Um, and I just think it's just, a, it's a, just a really beautiful story. It is. And I think it's it's such a new story in many respects. You, you know, you hear about these... Uh, you know, historically, there would be, <laughs> it sounds stupid, but like on, on That's Life, someone would yeah. sort of tell a story about someone who's real and their wish was to get lots of postcards or whatever, and they get loads of postcards. Yeah. And, so. and 
Um, I don't think, you know, I include myself as a, uh, an Asats gamer. I, I don't know about these th things. You know, you talk about the gaming community and that's not something I really know because, mm. uh, and I think that there's probably a lot of people of my generation that don't fully understand that because the whole idea of online shared community games is, it's just not a world that I'm familiar with yet and I need to learn about. But what a, a lovely and encouraging thought that that there <laughs> there are well it's it goes back to the precept of ebay which is most yeah. people are nice exactly and i think that's i think that's the point right you look at big corporate companies generally speaking and by the way this isn't the first time that this has happened borderlands one of my favorite games from gearbox software there was a 15 or 16 year old kid who was a massive fan of the game and he was terminally ill with cancer. And in the last Borderlands, I think it was Borderlands 3, um, they put him in game. And he became a weapons dealer for very rare exotic guns. Um, and you got an achievement for finding him as well. So uh, basically, it's these little things. And you don't expect big corporations and companies, especially in the world that we live in and, and the mm. way that we understand how capitalism works. Nobody cares about the little man. But when you talk about something that... This is this is fan fiction on another level, right? Mm. This allows you not to just feel part of a community. And we've spoken about Firaxis and civilization and all that kind of stuff where they take people from the community and make them developers because they know that they're yeah. going to add something. And I think it's just really important for us to... I think this is the next stage of humanity once all of this craziness of this bizarreness that we're living in right now, I think we're going to find a, a, an even keel if the planet still exists in, in 20, 30 years. Which way. But I think that, I think you're right. And I think it's about, you know, <laughs> it's heartening because you sort of think, well, the, the, these, these people are the founding fathers of the yeah. new digital world. Exactly. Yeah. You know, these are the people who set off with absolutely the right intentions yeah. uh, and, and are building a new society. Yeah. It's very exciting. That is and, exciting. A, and a new society with new games like, you know, Farmyard Olympics and <laughs> and everything else. Yeah. So, I know. mean our society <laughs> is a sick Dystopian. society. Yeah. And it needs it needs to be destroyed. Um but, but uh yeah. But we need lovely. that we need that I think that Olympic theme tune that yes. you created yeah, will yeah, yeah. be find it. will be our our music for our game. <laughs> Let's make oh, it eight. Do you bits. know what I would Let's actually really bits. love to do is to kind of re uh, redux that piece of music because it's not a bad piece of music. I'm sure it's not. All your music's good. So Jake made the music for the Checkpoint magazine for the Checkpoint podcast. And oh, actually, do you know what? I did. I did remaster it. I redid it. I got commissioned. I don't know why. I was living in the states in Washington DC, and the Redskins, the football oh, team, no commissioned me to score uh, their pitch tape to host the Super Bowl. No way. Yeah, and I, I had to through compose this thing. How do you get these gigs? I don't know, Bizarre. man. Well, it was America, and people sort of believe in you. It's really weird. Um, and I, and I, I got really stuck. I'd done this tune that I thought was awesome, and it was awesome, and it got kicked back. And then I had, like, four days to rescore, like, oh, seven minutes of no. video. I was like, I don't know what to do. And I thought, do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do the Capital Olympic theme. And I did that and they loved it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> anyway, we should leave it there. But um, that's, you, that's, that's, it's nice to end on an uplifting thing because most of our podcasts just end with w one of us crying softly and the other one just going. <laughs> 
God, I'll have to <sighs> make up for that. Now. So, um, thanks, Tammy. No, thank you. Love you, man. And uh, we will see you next time and do get in touch. How do people do that? Uh, at Checkpoint Mzine or go to CheckpointMagazine.com. Uh, leave us a message. If you've got anything for our bad taste games, then please do let us know what they are. And please do review, like, and yeah. subscribe. Smash like! Yes. I think that's the, what they say. Smash it. Smash like. Smash it. Great. Bye.